Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Here to do at some hand holding for you. Uh, Barbara and Declan, uh, once again, uh, good afternoon to you both. I was totally you, were, you were nodding at that, yeah, that's why I, I read was, it out, and then you yeah. were like, no, no, back out of this, agreeing with this. I was totally with Brian there for a minute, and I was sniffing books, and then you suddenly started talking about porn, and it was like horrible, and now I feel dirty, yeah, oh, God. Anyway. Uh, right, anyway, uh, you're very welcome. And Thank you. Here's your first question. My wedding story, a good friend is getting married in Madrid. He's one of the soundest people I know. We used to be great friends in college, but have lived apart for years. He messaged me yesterday asking where they go to his wedding. He had mentioned it pre-pandemic. Alas, I never got the email invite. It's half my fault for not checking and half his for maybe typing the wrong email. It's the end of the month. Should I try and go? I don't want to miss the wedding. I want to be there for him. But now I'll be spending a fortune. (laughs) (laughs) Honest to God, this is one of the few things that we've ever got in that I'm going, I don't know. I actually don't know how to advise you here because I don't understand. I don't understand the problem. I mean, I understand the problem, but I don't understand how we've arrived at where we've arrived. So according to this guy, his good friend, not somebody he used to go to college with and he hasn't seen in 20 years, but his good friend is getting married in Madrid. Um, And he clearly knew that he was getting married in Madrid, but because he mentioned it pre-pandemic, but alas, alas, he never got the invite. And then he never checked that he didn't get the invite. Now, if they're good friends, one would assume that they would be in reasonably regular contact yeah. so that this friend would have been aware that there was an impending wedding. But he just decided to not ask. And when he didn't get the email, he thought, that's grand. Yeah. Because this friend actually doesn't want to go. Um, and he's looking for us to tell him that he doesn't have to go. Uh and I don't that's not that's not what I think I think if he, they are really good friends then he should go um, unless it is going to completely and utterly bankrupt him unless he absolutely cannot 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 afford to go but it's about priorities and good friends are hard to come by and if you want to be a good friend you should be going to the wedding and you know it's your fault that you never said like where's my invite I haven't got my invite your mm. wedding's in a couple of weeks and what's the story stop pulling that face at me I'm not pulling a face I'm just, yeah. that's called raising an eyebrow okay um, it just happens to be attached to the rest of my face <laughs> <laughs> look look we talked about this last week actually when you weren't here Barbara and I have a different opinion I think that you know if somebody wants you to come to their wedding they should invite you and let you know and this kind of you know you should expect somebody to come to your wedding because they're your friend and also that's just because you write the word good in front of the word friend doesn't mean they actually are a good friend because it sounds to me like you're actually not in as much Sorry, touch. what? Just because you write good in front yeah, of the word friend it doesn't, doesn't mean you are being good so friends. So he's because, lying. This no, isn't I'm just saying that maybe, it, this is, maybe this is all about wishful thinking rather than reality. Maybe the reality of it is is that they're not as close as they once were yet they still feel sure. a kind of a warm feeling about each other. One would like the other one to come to the wedding and the other one would like in theory to be at the wedding however in the harsh realities of day to day post pandemic living it just seems like a bit of a pain it seems expensive and your man's not that into it as you pointed out so, so it clearly is but that yeah. doesn't that automatically casts a kind of shadow on what their actual relationship is like because I think the dilemma wouldn't exist 
But we all have friends. Okay, I take mm. your point about that. I don't altogether agree about just because you put the word good in front of a friend means they're a good friend. Because I think all of us have friends with whom we were once very close and we would have seen each other a lot. But we still love each other even though we don't see each mm. other maybe that much. I agree with that. And we would still consider them to be important people in our lives. Um, and they probably would consider us to be important people in their lives. So you would go along to an event. But, but you can't always a big life be event. there. You can't always. And I think, I think I, I, like I suppose, like I was didn't say but I was planning on saying is that weddings kind of come with this sort of onus that is kind of heavy and you kind of expect everybody to be at your wedding because you want to have a wedding with 150 people at it in the big hotel and that's your vision but you don't actually necessarily have the buy-in from the 150 people to be there. Yeah, except I suspect that because this wedding is in Madrid it's not 150 people but it's only a select few and that's why he's going to be real noticeable if he decides not to go. If your man was having a huge big wedding here he'd be, you know, it'd be easier not to be there. Um, But I think that I mean, the only thing I'd say is that possibly because this guy said he never got the email and the other fellow obviously never chased it up until mm. relatively recently. Maybe yeah. the other fellow doesn't want him there either. Well, <laughs> Do you I know think, what I mean? You know, because usually these kind of things have some degree of nuance in them about... But like every single line is a reason to go. Yeah. He's a good friend getting married. One yeah. of the soundest people I know. We've lived yeah. apart for years. He messaged me asking, should I go to his wedding? Exclamation. He had mentioned it. Another reason to go. Alas, I never got the invite. It's half my fault. Another reason to go. The only reason he, he wants to not go is it's because of money. Yeah. Now, unless he needs the money for life-saving surgery okay. or his poor hub totally subscription is running out. Yeah. Like, there's no yeah. reason not to go. Not to go, exactly. Yeah. And I think he's looking for us to say, no, you don't have to go. And I think you do have to go. Yeah. Or else he wants us to have this conversation and then he'll play this segment <laughs> to his friend where he calls them all the nice things. And he'll go, and listen, listen to Declan. Yeah, listen to Declan. Because Declan Because we're not really friends. We're not really friends We're not really friends. No, I definitely think he should go. Sake. Uh, if I got invited to a wedding via an email, I wouldn't go, says Niall. Is Gosh. that a thing? Well, it, this is kind of what, you know, where, what it all boils down to is, is the expectation for you to be at my wedding because it's the done thing versus what an invitation to a wedding is supposed to mean. I like you and I would like you to take time out of your life to come and share this moment with me. The ask is coming from the inviter, not the invitee. And somewhere in the, in the midst of time, it's become this reverse where I'm having a wedding, the responsibility is on you to show up. And you go, no, it's actually, you're, you're meant to make yeah. me feel like you want me to be there send me a proper invitation check that I got it oh, oh well now maybe cool. they'd send everybody an email invitation yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, like just but to, I mean even still but the same the same time like it's not like an invite to a three star mid range hotel in the Midlands you know this is yeah. Madrid you know there's benefits to going yeah, to this be lovely yeah Madrid's a lovely city it's a lovely it's city I've been there yeah. a lot of times yeah well there you go then so we think he should two to three we think he should go yeah he should definitely motion go pass. motion <laughs> yeah, pass yeah. next go yes yeah. stingy get it <laughs> uh, God knows what kind of a present you'll give him though yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> my, I, present is, my present no, is my there, presence yeah, yeah exactly yeah uh, I recently had a moment of clarity when giving out about my mother to my best friend not an unusual occurrence I think I hate her. I'm in my 40s. We've never had that uh, mother-daughter closeness that my friends had with theirs. Over the last few years, I actively avoid going home for visits. 
I have travelled abroad for Christmas because I don't have any other excuse for not being in the family home. I only answer one in every five of her calls. She regularly asks me when I'm going to get a proper job. I am an artist. When I'm going to move home to Sligo, etc. And then often brings up uh, the money she and Dad spent on me through my education and my master's. I never feel good after our calls and I'm sick of explaining my life choices to her. She just doesn't accept who I am. So I am at the stage where I just don't want her in my life. Does that make me an awful, ungrateful person? Will I resent this in the future if I cut all ties? Wow. Uh, No and yes. Um, Look, relationships with parents are always kind of complicated. And I think often what people do is they compare the relationship they have with their actual physical mother or father with these idealised versions of what parents are supposed to be, like, you know, in, in, um, you know, American movies or whatever. Um, it sounds like to me like your your this letter writer's mother and and she don't have a very close relationship which is down to personality types it's not down to roles it's just the fact that they just don't seem to see eye to eye. The mother doesn't get the fact that being an artist is important to her daughter and doesn't get the fact that it, you know that her life choices are not necessarily what the mother would have done. But that doesn't mean that they're any less valid. It doesn't mean that they're any less uh, meaningful and all that kind of stuff. They're they're uh, realizations that this daughter is going to have to work out for herself because that's all down to her own self confidence and in her own choices is actually nothing to do with what the mother thinks. So that push that to the side. All you're left with then is whether or not you and your mother should actually be in each other's lives. And I think actually, if you consider the fact that your mother, as the person she is, as opposed to what you would like her to have provided for you as a service over the term of your relationship are not the same things. Your mother just hasn't been mothering you the way that you've wanted her. That's the flip side of that. You haven't been the daughter that she wanted to her to be. That is something that I think you can narrow down that gap over time. But, but it actually is about realising that it, that thing does take work and it's about getting rid of the absolutes and the ideals and dealing with what you actually have. And maybe you will find that ultimately you can't be in each other's relationships. But I think going from your, you know, the ideal version to the zero, I don't want a relationship, is a very sharp, fast kind nuclear of option. nuclear mm. option. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this is a kind of sad letter uh, because I think I think to I think your relationship with your mother as either a man or a woman is probably a very fundamental one in all of our lives. And I think, you know, if you're lucky, you have a very good relationship or a good relationship with your mother. But it's not unusual that that people don't have a particularly good relationship with their mother. So uh, that's the first thing I'd say. This isn't that unusual. And and as you said, just because you're related to somebody doesn't mean you're going to necessarily get on with them or even like them very much. Um, And I think that the light bulb moment that she um, um, talks about um, when she has given her that clarity. And I think also it is a positive that she recognises the fact that um, having her mother in her life or having conversations with her mother or being around her mother makes her feel bad and she doesn't want to feel bad. And that's, again, a positive. Um, So I don't think you're an ungrateful, horrible person. (laughs) I think it's healthy that you can see the relationship with your mother for what it Mm, is. Yeah. But before you go for the nuclear option of cutting all ties and just getting on with your own life, I think in this case, because of that fundamental need we all have or because of that fundamental type of relationship that 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 a mother is, I would suggest that a little bit of counselling might help you to understand 
why your mother has made you feel the way she feels or what it is, where she has fallen down, if you like, on, on being maybe a good mother or whatever. And I know that's all riddled with all kinds of stuff. But I would strongly suggest you consider having some counselling only to make you feel stronger and to help you heal whatever it is, the pain that your mother has and continues to cause you, then I think you will be in a position, you will possibly feel stronger and more able to tolerate her in small doses occasionally without it having the kind of effect that it has on you right now. And then that would be the ideal solution. Yeah, that, that, I agree with you. I, I, I kind of <laughs> glanced over very quickly when I was talking about um, the self-confidence and yeah. how she feels about her, her life choices and all that. That is something that she, the, the letter writer needs to kind of work out for them herself because regardless of what the shadow that the mother has over yeah. all this that's down to a long term the long long longest relationship she's had in her life has been with her parents and yeah. her mother's kind of um, viewpoint and her mother's judgment seems to, to, to weigh very heavily on her shoulders and it's kind of this clash between what she's chosen to be and where she's chosen to go versus what she thinks her mother thinks. And I, I, I personally have experience of this because when I was a younger person, the judgment of my parents around my um, my sexuality was a real big problem for me. And it took me a long time to detach what I felt was their viewpoint from what I felt should be their viewpoint and what mm, the yeah. content of the conversations we were actually having as opposed to what I thought the conversations meant. Mm. And all of this is down to significances and all the stuff that, she, you know, you need to work out for yourself. And it doesn't always have everything to do with the relationship that you have with your parent. That sometimes, and your relationship with your parent changes as you go through life anyway. And parents are meant to be these providers for unconditional love. Often, the love comes with conditions. Yeah. It comes with judgments. It comes with attitudes. It comes with worldviews. Yeah. It comes with expectations. And, it, it, you know, and, and also there are also human beings who have personalities and interests and political viewpoints that you might abhor. So at the end of the day, you know, there's a bit of struggle. There's a bit of finding the right place, finding the right zone that works for you. But you have to come into that situation with a kind of a, a secure attitude of, like, well, regardless of what happens, I know what I'm doing and why I'm doing I it. I also think it's, it's, it's important to say as well that I think, in my experience, that we all, even though our relationship with our parents and, and our mothers specifically, we're talking about here, changes over time. I don't think we, well, in my experience, you don't really get beyond the always kind of preferring, not necessarily wanting, but preferring to have your mother's approval for yes, of your course. life yeah. and how you're living it and what you've done or what you've achieved or not achieved and all the rest of it. And I think when you don't get that, it's a very fundamental thing. So I know it is hard, but it's also, hard, at the same yeah. time, I kind of relate to this too, uh, um, that it's you kind of come to a realisation that because worldview is a very important thing. Mm. And I think the mother in this case yes. just can't get it into her head uh-huh. what it's like to go off and be an artist. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. when, like, And when I was a kid, my mother wanted me to get a proper job. Yeah. I yeah. got into the bank. I got accepted wow. for the Bank of Ireland. Game yeah. over. Without That's any it. pull or anything. Yeah. And uh, like, my mother like literally broke down when I said this I wasn't going relief. to take it because she couldn't uh, she couldn't understand why somebody wouldn't take the bank because yeah. you can get the cheap mortgage now, Sean, yeah. you'd be retired with a huge big fat pension <laughs> I probably would but I'd probably be dead from alcohol poisoning <laughs> at this point as well and going off to do some sort of flighty thing she never really understood yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. up there in Dublin and she never understood it yeah, but the rest yeah. of her life she never understood it yeah. and she'd still sigh uh, when she'd say How's the job? Now, I could come down and say I've cured cancer. Yeah, uh, yeah. Say, But are you getting a cheap mortgage for that? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So she just, so I had to kind of eventually accept 
there was a limitation on our world view yeah. and yeah, so it absolutely. wasn't going to get that approval yeah. it just wasn't going to happen no. unfortunately. and also that generation grew up in such a yeah. different Ireland yeah. you know we can moan about the country right now and it's got a lot of problems but I mean the the, the, the country that our parents well my me's and yours parents grew up in like was a completely so those kind of my father was the same he was a civil servant and I did the civil service exam and got in as executive officer and then said I'm not going <laughs> I like that he had a nervous breakdown because it was a, he I mean he could not understand why I wouldn't want a good well paid pensionable job yeah I was yeah. 20 that was like I do think nah. that you know, you, you know you have kids there's a baby you're going everything I'm doing is for the baby I'm you know, I'm going to set them up for life you push them along their, their, their lives become actual real lives that go through the years school then maybe college and then if they start having independent thoughts or independent dreams you know you kind of go oh no when, when do you let go when, when are you and it is a difficult one I can see that from a parenting point of view but it is a clash and it is world yeah. views change and people have different attitudes and I suppose when it comes to our letter writers perspective it's, 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 it's fundamentally always going to come down to the point that if you know the choices that you're making are for you and what you're doing in your own life are for yourself all sorted and, and you're happy with that then your mother's sniping and your mum's judgement or, or your mum's difference of opinion become irrelevant it's just yeah. another person having a different opinion in the pub it doesn't have any yeah. you know yeah, just yeah, right. Okay, we'll move on to our, our third question. Like okay. many people in the country at the moment, I can't get on the property ladder. I'm in my mid thirties, have a well paid job, but living in Dublin means simply can't afford to buy at the moment. However, it gets me really down. My two older siblings have just moved into their new homes, while I've also got some friends that have just bought or in the process of buying. I keep putting myself under pressure to do the same, but the reality is much different to my expectations. Any advice on how to get over this pressure? Do I just keep telling myself that? Someday it will happen. Someday your property <laughs> prince will come. Ship will if you were a bank manager, Sean, you could yeah. answer this. Exactly. No. Listen, this letter is obviously going to resonate with an awful lot of people, and indeed, parents like me who kind of look at your adult kids and go, holy God almighty, mm. like how will they ever manage to buy a house? I mean, I won't go on on a rant about the housing market here, but I mean, clearly our whole thing is broken. Yeah. And it was, you know, successive governments have made a complete and utter pig's ear of it. Um, anyway, but it is frustrating when you've known that for like at least 10 years, the housing market has been completely and utterly busted. Um, and it's this generation of this guy in his mid 30s and the generation behind him who are going to pay the price for that um, and it must be really frustrating and really scary and it is the one thing that my kids like they pick up and they hear it and they, they mm. tell themselves that we'll never be able to afford to buy yeah, our own homes yeah, and they're not that wrong. makes me really depressed yeah. the fact that they kind of feel that and have internalised that and they're only in their early 20s is really awful um, but that said and I mean you know again I listen to it and I feel like chucking things at the radio sometimes you know these experts although they've kind of shut up recently saying that you know Ireland's just going to have to get used to the fact that we're not going to be buying homes anymore we're going to be renting them forever Uh, that doesn't make financial sense like um, to me most people still want to buy a home because security because your mortgage will eventually get you know becomes a lesser part of your income and you'll then have some long term um, security so I mean what you know all I can say to him is I don't know what he's asking us how do I get over the pressure so in other words you're getting stressed obviously about it yeah. um, so you know and I mean all I can tell you is just don't give up keep saving keep that thing in your head someday it, it will happen because someday it may happen and uh, even if you have to buy you know an old cottage in Leitrim and commute 
Like, yeah, yes, we yeah. Retire it's really tough because, like, I agree with the most of what you said there. I think, unfortunately, we're all kind of complicit in creating this because there's two there's two sides of this coin. One side is that those of us who already own property want the value of our property to continue to rise. Therefore, do you know? I don't think that's fair. Well, I don't think that's fair because I think most people. That's if you're looking at your house as an investment. Most people look at the house as their home and a place where they want to spend a long period. You I can't mean, detach the fact that you want your house to be an investment from, from the, the idea that you don't you want to live rent free when you're when you're retired. The two of those things are essentially the same thing. Well, both things can, are true at the same time. It's yeah. a home plus also an investment. Oh no, yeah. absolutely. But you can. Yeah. So this is the whole but thing. We're talking yeah. about houses and we're, we're, as opposed but to. But even homes. if your house, even if your house didn't gain in value. It's still, you'll have paid it off and it's still yours. We you know have I mean? created a system though where we're, we're actually detaching the fact that everybody should be entitled to a home from the fact that we believe that houses are assets that are belong to the market. So therefore we're not building um, pr- public housing. We're not doing stuff as, as a social service. Instead, yes. what we're saying is, oh no, get on the property market. Get on the ladder. That's the language we're talking about as opposed to what we're saying really is that for large swathes of people... Okay, comrade Buckley, what <laughs> advice are you going to give to this poor Join person? the socialist revolution. We'll be meeting outside the door at two o'clock. I'm on for the socialist revolution. <laughs> Uh, well, no, but I mean, the, well, the, the, the underlying point is that is that there's too, because you both use all using the word home here, but there's too much stress in it being a commodity rather yes. than a fundamental thing in it's someone's life, and that makes yeah. it really hard. And it makes it really hard for younger people who are already facing the whole swathe of like, you know, you're the guys who are going to have to make all of these changes, adjustments to how we act as a society because you've got other problems that we're facing. And so for them, they're kind of going, oh, you know, it's not the same as when we were younger. You go get the job in the bank. <laughs> Yeah. Get the house, uh, you're sorted, you know, and then you can retire when that house is paid off. That's not necessarily the way of the future. So it is a kind of an eg- existential um, threat for people or, or, or a worry. And I, I feel huge sympathy for younger people because I think yeah. It, yeah. I don't think it's something that we can answer. But if they do eventually buy something, don't buy anything near the coast because of climate change. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, you know, so it's like, it's, unless it's on it. a hill. I'd say if you're on a hill, you'd, you'd be right. Yeah, yeah, unless it's coast. cut off. And yeah. you'll have to buy a house and a boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Or maybe just buy a boat. Buy a boat. Yeah. But that's all buy a houseboat. Buy that's, a houseboat. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Problem yeah, solved. That's, solved. <laughs> that's what we're here Once for. again, Declan and Barbara, thanks a million for coming in to us. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on Newstalk. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.